And the question has never been, is God able? Oh no. The question has always been, do you believe? This is All Things New with Pastor Barry E. Fields. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous God, testifying of his gift, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, for God had translated him. But before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Go to Cooperstown, New York, you will find Baseball's Hall of Fame. Go to Cleveland, Ohio, you can find the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Shakespeare said it well that all the world is a stage and most people will spend their lives like an actor on a stage. The curtain falls and they drop off, never having accomplished the purpose for which they were born. Not so for Hebrews 11 kind of people. Because when you give your heart to Christ and when you live in Faith, the legacy of living for Christ, will never be forgotten. And God has told us many things about faith throughout the Scripture, has He not? He tells us to fight the good fight of faith. He tells us to stand firm in the faith. He tells us to earnestly contend for the faith. But what exactly is this faith? The writer of Hebrews 11 tells us, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And contrary to popular belief, our faith is not blind. Jesus was seen by more than 500 after his resurrection, and there is more archaeological evidence to prove the trustworthiness and truthfulness of the Bible than there has ever been. Take it beyond that. Every ancient manuscript that we've got, the writings of Aristotle and Plato and Herodotus, manuscripts which we rely on to be fairly accurate, if you were to stack them against the manuscripts that we have of the text of the Bible, the Bible multiplies over and over again the accuracy of all of the world's ancient texts put it together. Come to the modern day, to the 1948 Dead Sea discovery of the scrolls, and when they uncovered the scroll of Isaiah, it was found to be almost exactly what it was 2,500 years ago. We know that there is evidence placed in creation, and the Bible tells us that by this evidence and by remaining faithful, the elders, those who have been ordained as pastors and ministry leaders, obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. There's the ontological argument. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The earth was not created by something, but by someone. Everyone places faith in something, or someone, the atheist places his faith in his reason, and reason is good, but we believe there is something beyond reason. There is revelation that God has revealed himself to his people. And so there's the 
teleological argument which says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. He says, look around you. Look at the sky. Look at the oceans. Look at the mountains and the plains and you will see just a glimpse of the glory of God. You've got a kitchen faucet. He's got the oceans. You've got a nightlight. He's got the stars. You've got the light in your house and he's got the sun and the bible tells us that that sun if you were able to even get close enough to it if you were able to feel its heat and somehow survive it you would be killed just by the decibel level of the sound how great it is and the scripture tells us that the whole reason that the sun burns and the whole reason that the stars roar and the whole reason that the galaxy is in existence is to give glory to God because it says if the creatures won't give glory to God the creation sure will he tells us that when we simply open our eyes and look around we are responsible not just for what we have seen but also for what we have heard, it has been inscribed on the conscience. It has been written on the heart. But for all the evidence that we have of the faith once for all delivered to the saints, you're never going to win someone simply by intellect alone. You have to claim the heart. That's why he says without faith it is impossible to please him. Faith is clouded. Faith is shrouded in mystery. Faith is covered in smoke, and one day it'll be unveiled. So how God works, and where He works, and when He works, and in what manner He works, we will never fully understand. And you can have all of the knowledge of God in the world, but until He captures your heart, you won't truly know Him. Oh, Nicodemus, you, you know of God, but you don't know God. You can Feel that wind blow. You can hear its sound, but you don't know from where it comes or whether it goes. That's the Spirit of God. And unless you're born of water and of the Spirit, you shall not see the kingdom of God. He causes those who have sight to lose it. So Paul then saw on the Damascus road, thinking that he was doing the right thing, having a form of godliness, but denying its power is blinded on the Damascus road and for three days he loses his physical sight but God opens his eyes spiritually speaking and then those who are blind physically receive their sight there is Simeon gathered together in the temple complex awaiting his death but he says Lord let me not go until I see your salvation and as that nearly blind old man enters the end of his life he hears the cry of a baby and joseph and mary come and he says mine eyes have seen the lord because it's not until god opens your heart that he'll truly open your eyes and the challenge for us today in living in strange times in which we do some say it is as great as it has ever been some say it is as bad as it's ever been we know that neither are true but instead of blaming the outside culture instead of blaming what goes on outside instead of blaming the skeptics and those who are irreligious the greatest problem the church faces today is not the doubt from without it is the doubt from within that's why Jesus says over and over to the centurion who comes to him to the one who has a son Greater faith I have not seen in Israel. 
So the people who don't know the gospel have a better grasp on it than the people who claim to know the gospel. It's Thomas. Unless I see his hands, unless I feel his side, I won't believe. Jesus says, Thomas, you're blessed because you've seen and believed, but blessed far greater are those who have not seen and still have believed. And so are we able during times of doubt and during times of uncertainty to claim a more sure word? Are we able to take the promises of God by faith? You know, memory has a lot to do with time and location, and I can remember the exact spot, the exact place where I was when I thought it. I was about eight months into pastoring at Mount Tabor Baptist Church in Buffalo, Kentucky, and every Sunday I had a tradition that I would do. We had one of those registers, and I'm not talking about a cash register where you sign somebody up. I'm talking about an old Sunday school attendance and offering register. You know what I'm talking about? It has the, had the count on it, had the offering count on it, and everything else, and we'd gone through a somewhat difficult season, and every Sunday after church I knew that got changed, and I knew that got updated, and I went to see it, and preachers are bad about relying on this, and so were we sometimes. And the attendance and the offering wasn't where it needed to be. We were $147,000 in debt on our new building, which was a lot of money for our little church. And I just remember thinking, you know, maybe God has called me here to help shut this place down. Pay off the debt. <laughs> it was a year in the seminary. High on a cloud, flying kites, <laughs> to reality set in. Just remember, asking God, would you still have me here? What would you have me to do? Where is the faith that will remove mountains? And then one night as I was praying some of those things through, I was sitting in my seminary dorm in Louisville, Kentucky, and it was like God just spoke to me and he said, write this down. And so I looked around for the stone tablets that Moses used, and I couldn't find them. So I had some printer copier paper and started writing these things down and wrote down a plan to pay off the debt. It was in the middle of the worst economy since the Great Depression, and we started a retire the debt campaign. <laughs> and that debt's gone. God grew our little church. I remember coming in here, I, I would measure it because I, I figured a foot was close to my actual foot and I would go in and measure from the walls, from the lobby. I'd pace it to see how many feet we'd have. I'd see how far this stage was going to be out and I would wonder, is this far enough back to be able to potentially have a worship service in here one day? And then if we do have a worship service in here one day, Lord, pray that it would not be divided, that your people will be united in this. Pray that it would be useful. We still had $600,000 to raise. I used to drive over in Tell City, not really knowing where I was going, sort of like Abraham of old. It talks about Abraham knew not where he was going. That's true of my entire driving record, so I don't know if that's in faith or not. Driving around, praying, God, give us an opportunity to minister in Perry County. There are people here who need Jesus. And he led us eventually through a series of circumstances to literally place a post-it note on what is now the front door, Crossroads. At some point along my ministry, I don't know where it was, but I just decided, God, let me always have faith that you can do the impossible. Let me never do that, and let me not lead a complacent life and a complacent ministry. Because here's the thing about faith. If you are in your comfort zone today, it's not because God put you there. 
He comforts you, but he doesn't make you comfortable. Abraham's retirement account's looking pretty good at 75 years old. God says, Abraham, you've got to move. You're a <laughs> sojourner. You're an immigrant. He says, move to a land that you don't know the name of. Trust in me. And by the way, you remember your wife who's beyond childbearing years? You're going to have a kid. We'll take care of that too. <laughs> Sacrifice your son. Jeremiah is in a pit waiting to get out, saying, Lord, the people won't listen. And God's saying, I put my word in you and telling Isaiah it will not return void. And then coming to Paul and saying that you'll be thrown in prison, but I want you to sing and I'll cause the ground to shake so that you can get out. And he says to Peter, you got to get out of the boat. You got to walk on the water. And to John, when he puts him on an isle of Patmos to exile him, he gives him the greatest revelation the world has ever seen. God has not called you to be comfortable. He's called you to be faithful. And the question has never been, is God able? Oh, no. The question has always been, do you believe? Only believe, the Scripture tells us. Take heart, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Take up thy bed, arise, walk. Thy sins are forgiven thee. So you say today, Lord, I can't overcome this sin. And God says, there's no temptation taking you, but that God is faithful. But we have to believe that God's work does work. It's the story of Daniel's three friends there at the fiery furnace about to be thrown in by Nebuchadnezzar saying, worship my God's or worship your God, your choice, but if you worship your God, I'm going to throw you in. And they say, oh, king, you better know something. Our God can deliver us today, but even if he chooses not to, we will not bow down to your gods. Nebuchadnezzar says, I see a fourth man in the fire today. See, this is what the prosperity gospel or the word of faith movement will never understand it's not about declaring yourself out of poverty. It's not about declaring yourself free of disease. It's about declaring that Jesus is Lord. And when Jesus is Lord of the universe, and he is Lord of the church, and he is Lord of my life, that's where the power is. And he says you got to do two things. you got to believe that God is, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him, that he answers prayers. We didn't read verse 7 earlier, but I'm going to go ahead and harp on it. God says to 500-year-old Noah one day, living the retirement dream, no, it's going to rain. Our response, what's rain? We've never seen that before. Pull out an umbrella. He doesn't even know he's going to get seven years of bad luck opening it indoors. He says, you tell the people that it's going to rain. And for 120 years, Noah preaches the same sermon every week, and they must have said, boy, he sure preaches the same thing, and he must have responded, well, when they start listening and living, I'll stop preaching. And they mock him. But God has no place for timetables. They don't limit him. And after 120 years, God sent rain, so much so that he had to put a rainbow, Roy G. Biv, out in the sky to prove that it would never happen again. And they may mock, and they may scourge, and they may persecute, 
And they may demean the faith that we have and say, when will your God rescue you? But a thousand years with the Lord is as one day, and one day is as a thousand years. And if he should tarry a thousand years from now, in one day he will reclaim everything that is rightfully his. And we wait in anticipation of that day. And in the meantime, he says, be still. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. I don't like people who tell me, God told me to tell you. I always get nervous when they say that. <laughs> Unless it's backed up by God's word. And So let me just say this. If you are a believer, God told me to tell you in his word that he will get you through this season. Either in this life or in the next life. We think all things work together for good. It's talking about the earthly stage. It's talking about the eternal one. That he'll bring it all together. And to those who grieve in the shadow of Memorial Day, your loved ones, God will one day raise from the dead if they are believers. And then he tells us about Enoch. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. For before he was translated, he had this testimony that he saw God. God just took him out for the very reason that we are created. Enoch pleased God, and God walked with him, and he talked with him, and he told him that he was his own. And then one day, 365 years into that walk, God said, Enoch, my house is closer than your house. Why don't you just come on home? And he did, because he pleased God, and he pleased God through faith. You want to know how to have greater faith? There's not a 12-step program. There's not a, a seven-step process. Here's the book on how you have greater faith. Here it is. You've got to be all in with God. Everything. Don't say you're too busy to serve the Lord. You're not. Don't say you've got other things to be in his house. That's not true. Don't say you've got other priorities beyond reading his word. You're lying to yourself. But when you get all in with God... You say, God, I'm willing to obey you whatever the cost, even if it takes my life. That's when God moves and works in your life. They tell the story of coming before the court of Alexander, one man. Alexander the Great, who took the reign of Cyrus 200 years earlier, and became known as King of Kings, the greatest king who had ever lived up until that point. And the man asked for an astronomical sum, and the steward of Alexander laughed at him. He said, why would you ask for such a thing? He's not going to grant that. And Alexander heard the request, and he said, grant this man exactly what he asked. He's not afraid to ask me for great things. The Bible says that when we know him, that we have this confidence, we have this faith in him, that whatever we ask of him, if it is according to his will, he will give us. Will your heavenly father, who loves you much more than a father loves a son, if you ask for a fish, will you be given a serpent? If you ask for bread, will you be given a stone? He says, ask in faith, and you will receive. But the only way to ask in faith is to know the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God.
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the broadcast. If you found it helpful, please consider sharing it with your family and friends. For more information, check us out online at barryefields.com.